That's your song to him tonight. Say we give you all love. Yes, Jesus, we worship you, Lord. We worship you.
You need to let the heavens hear you tonight. Say hallelujah. Yes, Lord. We lift our worship to you, Jesus. Because it's all about you. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. 
It's all about him. If it's all about him, I want you to give him thanks this morning, this evening. Lord, it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I want you to give him thanks. I want you to exalt his holy name. Lift up your hands and give him thanks this evening. It's all about him. Forget about the things that he has not done. Just give him thanks for who he is. Lord is all about you. When the music fades, when everything goes, it's all about you, Jesus. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. All we have come to do this evening, so give him thanks. It's all about him. It's not about us. It is about him to give him his worth, to give him his praise, to give him his glory, to give him what is due to him. He's our father. He's our king. He's our maker. It's all about you, Jesus. Chosen to call me 
tonight is about him it's about Jesus he is God all by himself give him thanks all over this place lift up your voice all you people and give him thanks this evening exalt his holy name he is God all by himself there is none beside him there is none compared to him there is none that is like him there is no king like him there is no president like him there is nobody that we can compare to our God so I want you to return all the glory to him this evening. Say, Father, I return all glory to you. You are God all by yourself. I give you thanks. I give you praise. I give you praise, Lord. I give you praise, Lord. I exalt you, my Father. I exalt you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I give you praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Exalt him. Magnify Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom evening people of God. Shalom evening church. Shalom evening everybody. Please, I believe you are doing well. I believe everybody is doing well. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I thank God for your lives by the special grace of God, myself and my family. We are doing well. God bless you, my daughter, Bold Jen. The Lord bless you. Jesus, Lena, Esther, God bless you. Isaac, God bless you. Anthony, God bless you. Priscilla Kweku, God bless you. Mr. Wesley, God bless you. Richard Walter, God bless you. Tenat, God bless you. Barbara, God bless you. Dong B, God bless you. Henry, Sintim, God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Sarah Ousu. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please, can you all hear me? Great, great, great. The Lord bless you and keep all of you strong. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I want to welcome all of you to this evening's session of our prophetic training. 
I believe the light of God will shine upon us and the Lord will grant us divine understanding even into his word. Hallelujah. All right, let's take a quick word of prayer. Eternal Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you for such an awesome moment like this in your presence. We believe, O oh Lord, that you have called us here even to fulfill your divine purpose. For that reason, we pray that as we have come here, we ask that your light will shine upon us, the light of wisdom, the light of understanding, the light of knowledge. Cause them to shine upon us in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. If there is any area of our lives where ignorance and darkness have covered, we pray that your light would take all these out of our lives in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Empower us once again, even with the power of your truth and knowledge, that your name alone will forever be glorified. We honor you, we give you praise in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, we give God praise for blessing us with another opportunity to come before His everlasting presence. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, so um, we've been talking about understanding the book of Revelation, and I think we've been able to complete chapter 1 to 3. So um, if you need any clarification on anything um, from any of these areas, you can go to the podcast and download whatever message you want to hear. Hallelujah. Now we understood that the book of Revelation um, in its simple sense is actually divided into different portions. Are you following? We understood that it is divided into different portions so that we all will understand what the whole book is speaking about and we understood that there are basically nine main let me say dimensions or let me say divisions of the book of revelation nine main division of the book of revelation the first one speaks of the introduction and we've understood um, the introduction of the book of Revelation. We got to know the views, the various views of the book of Revelation. And I made us understand that in the body of Christ, there are four main views of the book of Revelation. When I say views, how people understand the book of Revelation in Christianity. Are you listening to me? How people understand the whole book of Revelation. And I said we have four main views. And whether you like it or yes,
Can you all hear me, please? Good. So I told you that there are four main views of the whole book of Revelation. And these four views, your pastor has one of these views. Sometimes even a whole church can have one view of the whole book of Revelation. For instance, the church of the Seventh-day Adventist, the SDA people, they hold on to one view, which is called the futurism, or let me say the futurist view of the book of Revelation. So according to the futurist view, every prophecy that is in the book of Revelation is in the future yet to happen. Are you following? According to the futurist, every prophecy that is in the book of Revelation is yet to be made manifest in the future. So those people who hold on to that see every written thing, every prophecy in the book of Revelation um, to be in the future. So they are waiting for it to happen. And we also have what we call the preterist, the preterist view. The preterists view. And I told you that the preterists are divided into two. We have the partial preterists and we have the full preterists. The partial preterists and full preterists. The partial preterists. You need this, people of God. You need what I'm talking to you because blindly you might have believed a certain view already. Are you listening to me? Whether you know there are four views or not, in fact, your understanding of the book of Revelation is a clear sign that you have believed and you have one, a certain view. That is why you need to understand what each view believes so that we look into the scriptures and we understand what the Holy Spirit is also teaching. Now, maybe if we go deep into what the Holy Ghost is trying to teach us, Can you all hear me, please? Beautiful. Good. So, you need to understand these diff four different views of the book of Revelation. Because in one way or the other, you might have a certain view of the book of Revelation that you might not even know whether it's any of these. But then, you have it. Sometimes it, it could be due to what your pastor taught you, or maybe what your church actually stands for. Are you listening to me? So anybody that goes to a church like Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is SDA, has the futurist view of the book of Revelation. They are all believing that every prophecy that is in the book of Revelation is yet to be made manifest. But then, there are certain people too, who are known as the preterists. And I told you there are two main categories of the preterists. We have those 
who are known as the partial preterists, and we have those who are known as the full preterists. The partial preterists believe that some of the prophecies in the book of Revelation and even in the Bible have been fulfilled, but some are yet to be fulfilled. They are known as partial preterists. And the full preterists believe that all the prophecies in the Bible, all the prophecies in the Bible, from Genesis to the book of Revelation, they have all been fulfilled. That is the full preterists. Are you following? Good. Then, we have what we call the historists. The historists. Their approach is known as the historicism. Now, these people believe that the whole Bible is actually speaking of the historical journey that is between God and humanity and whatever God is trying to accomplish even among the human race. So this group of people, they base their, their understanding of the book of Revelation right from history throughout the scriptures. So they don't really interpret some of the prophecies that are in the book of Revelation from external sources. To them, every prophecy has a link to its manifestation in the same book of the Bible. So it is either they will go and start from the book of Genesis, trying to pick what the Lord said, linking it to the prophecy that is in the book of Revelation. Are you getting it? These are what we call the historists. So these people, whenever they are on explaining the book of Revelation to you, they will explain it with other scriptures. They won't take it from any external source or anything. So they will, they will explain it from the historical perspective and also from the scriptures. Are you getting it? Then we have the idealist. The idealist. Their approach is called the idealism. Now these are the people who normally chip in external things into the Bible and to also explain some, some of the prophecies. Are you following? So I told you that some of the clear examples are those who were always trying to make it look like any president of the United States of America is the Antichrist. And I believe that most of you know what I'm talking about. According to a certain group of people who believe, um, you know, in the book of Revelation, to them, anybody who becomes the president of the United States of America is the Antichrist. And in fact, we remember those times um, when Barack Obama became the president of the United States of America. In fact, that was the time I realized that he was using a car called the Beast. They said he was the Antichrist and he was using the Beast. Then Barack Obama left the throne, or let me say the seat. And I think um, Donald Trump came to sit on the seat. Immediately they also said Donald Trump is the Antichrist. 
Now Donald Trump has left. Joe Biden is the president. They are saying he is the Antichrist. So what are they actually trying to say? And where are they? So where are they actually getting their source of knowledge from? Are you getting it? These are what we call the idealists. They chip in certain ideologies to interpret the prophecies. But then, don't ask me which one of them is the correct one. Because if you want to follow the Holy Spirit, <laughs> if you want to follow the Holy Spirit carefully, you will realize that you will get to a point where what the Holy Ghost will say will be in the line or let me say in favor of some of the preterists. It might also be in favor of the historists. It will be in favor of the futurists. And at a certain point too, it might be in favor of the idealists. So we don't hold on to only one view. You make a very big mistake. You focus on the view of the spirit. And I'm going to help you to understand how some of these things um, manifest. Now, I know some of you are talking, man of God, so which view do you follow? I follow the Holy Ghost and I follow his Christ. Are you listening to me? You first need to understand what the whole book of Revelation is about, else you will miss a lot of things. Now, before you can understand what the whole book of Revelation is about, you have to also understand what the whole Bible is about. Because without getting the whole understanding of the Bible, you will miss a lot of things in the book of Revelation. Because many people who are Christians, even many pastors, don't understand the whole storyline of the Bible and what God is trying to achieve even through the scriptures. That is why I started a certain teaching on understanding the whole Bible. And I made us understand that the Bible that we have from Genesis to the book of Revelation is actually the whole Bible actually is the it's actually the let me see the compendium or um, the written document that speaks of the covenant journey with mankind the covenant journey with mankind so God is having a journey with the human race but this journey that the creator of the world is having with the human race this God has a covenant with the human race because without a covenant you cannot walk with God but then we go into the Bible and we see different kinds of covenants are you following we go into the Bible we see different kinds of covenants now, these different kinds of covenants actually depict different ways that God worked with humanity. Are you following? Good. Now, if you miss the type of covenant, you will miss what God will speak to the people about. Because the relationship that God will have with a particular group of people is based on the kind of covenant that he will establish between he 
and that people. Now, if, if you want to mix the whole scriptures, you will miss a lot of things. That is the reason why some of the prophecies we see in the Bible were actually a fulfillment of a certain covenant and not speaking of something that is in the future to come. Mm. That is where the dimension of the preterists come in. Are you following? Good. So you see, you will read the whole book of Matthew 24 and you don't really understand what is going on. Because before you read, you come to Matthew 24, we have Matthew 23. And Matthew 23 speaks of Jesus who is giving strong warnings and curses even to the Pharisees and also to the temple that was built. Jesus was telling them, woe unto you, woe unto you, woe unto you. Now, he prophesied that the temple that the people have given their whole self to, making it look like it is the most precious thing ever, even though as at that time it was. Jesus was telling them that that temple will be destroyed and he will build it in three days. And the people did not really understand what Jesus was talking about. We use 41 years to build this temple and you want to use three days to destroy and rebuild it. What are you talking about? But then the word of the Lord said they did not know that he was talking about the temple of his own body. They did not know that Jesus was talking about his death, that he would die, enter into the heart of the earth, stay in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. And when he is resurrecting, he will resurrect with a different kind of body, which is an incorruptible body. And that body is the original temple of God and not what was built 41 years ago in Jerusalem. But the people could not catch that revelation. And we all know that that temple that was built in Jerusalem by then was standing in for the old covenant, which was between God and Moses. Are you following? Now, so long as the temple remained, that covenant was going to be active. Because if you had entered into the most holy place of the temple, you realize that the act of the covenant, which was a symbol of the covenant that God had with Moses and the children of Israel, when you open the ark of the covenant, it had three main things. The first one was the twelve, um, the ten um, commandments written on the on the two tablets of stone. In the it was found in the ark of the covenant, and also Aaron's rod that budded. When God wanted to choose the high priest, he called all the priests and he said they all should put their rod somewhere. And the next day, the one whose rod will, will bat. When I say bat, it's like a certain kind of flower is trying to come out of the rod. And we all know that flowers can only grow on rods or let me say on trees that are still connected to the earth and are receiving light. And receiving water from the earth. I hope you, you all know that. 
So how come a stick that has been cut from a tree is just lying down lifeless and all of a sudden it is budding out with flowers? So when all the priests placed their rod somewhere, when they woke up the next morning, it was Aaron's rod that budded. And God said, because Aaron's rod budded, I have chosen Aaron to be the high priest. Now, that rod, God placed it also in the Ark of the Covenant. Are you following? And also, inside the Ark of the Covenant was a bowl. Now, that bowl had in it certain dimensions of the manna to symbolize that the children of Israel, when they were in the wilderness and they went through seasons of hunger, God fed them with the, with the food of angels. So there were three things that were found in the Ark of the Covenant. Now, so long as the Ark of the Covenant exists in the temple, it means there also exists that covenant that is between God and Moses and even the Israelites. Are you following? But then we all read from the book of Hebrews that God was going to do away with the old covenant and establish a new covenant. I think in the book of Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 31, God was speaking where he said he's going to establish a new and everlasting covenant even with the fathers. And he was actually speaking about the new covenant that God was going to create. Are you following? Now this time around, that covenant was not between God and any human being. It was between God and himself. When I say God and himself, that is what I mean. It was between the Father and the Son. And based on this new covenant, the only thing we need to do is to believe in the Son. Once we believe in the Son, good. So the Bible said, the day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. Now, you know this kind of covenant he's talking about? He's talking about the Mosaic covenant that was established on Mount Sinai when the children of Israel were moving from Egypt to the promised land. The Lord said, this, is not, this new covenant will not be like that old covenant. He said, they broke that covenant, though I loved them. As a husband loves his wife, sees the Lord. Are you following? Okay, somebody said, please say, do not go too fast. Okay, let me let me let me relax. I think I'm just doing a quick recap. So let me calm down so that we all will understand. Are you getting it? Now I'm trying to let you understand the whole Bible in just some simple terms. Amen. And the best definition of the Bible that you would need is that the Bible is a covenant, is the written word or the written code of the covenant journey of God with mankind. Are you following? 
Can I see something here? Good. Do you know that human beings are not the only entities God made to fulfill a particular destiny? Hope you know that. Human beings are not the only entities God has created and has given them a destiny to fulfill. No. There are plenty of beings living in uncountable realms who have specific destinies they are fulfilling. And we as human beings, we have also a specific destiny we are fulfilling. And the covenant journey that God had with mankind, with the human race, in the Old Testament and in all those years till now, is what has been recorded. That kind of journey is what has been recorded to us as the Bible. But then the journey that God is having with dwarfs, we do not know. Somebody said dwarfs? Yes. Because to you, dwarfs are demons. That is not true. Dwarfs are beings that God has also created. Living in their own realm, fulfilling their own destiny. Are you listening to me? And you are not the only person who knows Christ. Dwarfs also have a knowledge about who Christ is. But then, it is different from the way we know Christ. Are you listening to me? Someone said, but they do evil to man sometimes. Go and ask how they did the evil. If no man had gone to them, dwarves wouldn't have come to man to harm. You know that human beings also do evil to dwarves. You see? You need to understand what is actually happening in the universe of God. Now, I'm saying this because some of you, the way you interpret the book of Revelation is way off the line totally. Because you, you mix plenty things and you get confused at the end of everything. And that is why some people don't want to read the book of Revelation. Because when they open it, and say, I don't know why I'm looking at a certain lamp that is opening a scroll. How is a lamp opening a scroll? How possible is that? I don't even get it. This, this, this. How will you get it? How will you get it? If your whole mindset about the Bible is wrong. Huh? Some of you... Some of you, there is a preconceived mindset you have about the book of Revelation. That is why you can't even open it. You see? And maybe it's because of what a certain pastor told you or something you heard somewhere, anything. But then, what I'm telling you is this. You don't just get up and take the book of Revelation and start reading. You will never understand. Are you listening to me? you won't understand it that way. It is not like some of the epistles that maybe Paul has written to the Corinthian church. 
that you can maneuver your way by some ways and means to understand academically what Paul is trying to say. <laughs> the book of Revelation is not like that. Are you listening to me? Yes, there's a reason why I said academically. Because many people don't understand the spiritual um, revelation that is behind all these. Now, when you, even the, the title of the book, the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, that one alone should tell you what is written in the book. The book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Are, are you getting it? You need to understand that that book is an unveiling of Jesus Christ. That book is an unveiling. When I say unveiling, to reveal Jesus Christ. So you see, if you don't even first understand the, the title of the book, forget it. Forget it. You have missed everything. So the, all that is written in that book is about an unveiling, uncovering of a certain dimension of God called Christ. And what is that Christ? If you don't understand Christ from all the pages of the Bible, you will not understand it only in the book of Revelation. Are you listening to me? That is why mostly I take my time to let you understand who Jesus Christ is, who Christ actually is, so that the book of Revelation will add up to that which is, that which is in Christ that we don't really have the full light of God about. Now, I told you that all that God is trying to fulfill on this earth and even in the realms of the heavens is called Christ. Christ is the destiny that God is trying to fulfill. Are you getting it? So, the revelation of Jesus Christ should actually let you know that these are the dimensions of Christ that God is about to reveal to his creation. You need to know this, people of God. You really need to understand this. See, I've taken my time to help you so that you will know what God is trying to tell our generation and what God is trying to tell us. Are you following? So don't mix the whole scriptures. You'll get confused. Don't mix everything. No. That is why the Bible, in its original sense, is not actually mixed. You take your Bible, it's, it's divided into Old Testament and New Testament. Now, I told you that there is a slight difference between a testament and a covenant. Are you following? The testament actually speaks of the body of literature or the written document around a covenant. So the covenant is actually cut between two parties. But what happens around the covenant is what is written down as a testament. 
Are you getting it? Good. So when you look at the Old Testament, it should clearly tell you that there is a covenant. Because the testament surrounds the covenant. And if you see there is something called the Old Testament, ask yourself, what covenant does the Old Testament write about? It is in this that when you go into the Old Testament to read, you realize that it was not only one covenant that was established between God and mankind. So you now understand that there are many covenants in the Old Testament. Are you following? Good. Now we all know. We all know of the covenant that God established with Adam. The covenant that God established with Noah. So, in fact, there are many theologians who don't really count anything called Adamic covenant. So most of them start from the Noahic, which speaks of the covenant that God had with Noah. Now we all know that when God was about to destroy or, you know, remove the earth with water in the times of old, we all understand that there was a certain covenant that God had with Noah. After God had wiped all evil from the earth, he established a new covenant with Noah. And even in the covenant, God told Noah exactly the same thing he told Adam and Eve in the garden, that they should multiply. But then God gave a token as a sign of the covenant. And that token was the rainbow. And God showed Noah the rainbow and he said so long as the rainbow exists it is a clear sign that I the Lord I have a covenant with Noah that I will never destroy the world or the earth again with water are you following so no matter how strong it rains there is no way the rain will destroy the earth it is not possible and the reason why it is not possible is because God had made a covenant with Noah concerning that. So anytime you see rainbow, put this at the back of your mind, that no waters will destroy the earth again. Now that is the kind of covenant that God established with Noah. And he told Noah to multiply and do a lot of things according to the promises that he gave. Are you following then along the line, God called one man out of the U.R. or let me say the U.R. of the Chaldeans by the name Abram. And he established a covenant with Abram. And in that covenant, God even changed the name of Abram to Abraham. Now when you check the Hebrew rendition of the name Abraham, you realize that it was only one letter of the Hebrew alphabet that God added to the name Abraham. Are you following? Good. Now, that 
That letter is the letter H. Is the letter H. H E I. H E I. Are you following? Now, what does that letter stand for? In when you are looking at the understanding of the Hebrew alphabet, as I was teaching you the other time, I told you that the Hebrew alphabet also have pictographs, or let me say pictures of what they stand for. Are you getting it? Now, the letter He, the letter He in Hebrew is the fifth alphabet, and it speaks of life or spirit. It also speaks of breath. So the only thing God did was that he added his breath to Abraham. The name Abraham means exalted father. Exalted father. But the moment God added the Hebrew letter He to his name, he changed from Abraham, who is an exalted father, to Abraham, which means a father of multitude or the father of nations. Now, that very moment, God was trying to communicate something to Abraham. And God established a covenant with Abraham after changing his name. God caused a deep sleep to fall on Abraham. And in the ancient times, whenever two kings, or let me say two nations, want to enter into a covenant, what they do is that they will get animals and they will divide the animals into two specific, um, you know, different parts. Are you getting it? So if you have a goat, you will cut the goat into two, from the head, through the, the, the neck, the stomach, so that it will be divided into two perfect halves. They will put one side here, and they will put the other side there facing it, but there will be a space between them. They will kill other animals and line up those animals also in the same way. And what will happen is that these two kings will pass through the space that is between the animals. And while they are passing through, they will be raining blessings and curses on themselves. That if they keep their part of the covenant, blessings should follow them. But if they fail, if they fail, to keep their, their part of the covenant, may they become like those animals that, are, that have been divided. Are you listening to me? It is a clear sign that there is one animal we have divided in, into two. But then, what it means is that we are two different parties though. But if we continue to follow the conditions of the covenant, it is still one animal. It doesn't matter how it has been divided into two. So what was keeping those two parties together to fulfill one particular thing was actually their ability to follow the conditions of the covenant. But then, this is the case where God asked Abraham to get animals. He asked Abraham to get a heifer. He asked Abraham to get a lamb. He asked Abraham to get animals, and he told Abraham to divide the animals into two, with the exception of one bed, that God told Abraham not to divide that bed. Thank you. 
And when Abraham divided it and placed them side by side, like the way the ancient um, kings will do, Abraham was supposed to pass through the thing and speak blessings and curses on himself based on the way he was going to follow the covenant. But then the moment Abraham finished dividing the animals into two and placed them side by side, God made a deep sleep to fall on Abraham. So the guy slept. And when the guy slept, the Bible said a smoke from God came to pass through the animals. That smoke is a, it's a representation of God himself. So God came to pass through the animals, but Abraham was asleep. And when God passed through the animals, he began to release blessings on Abraham. It was there that he even told him that his descendants will go into captivity for 400 years. This, 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 and that. Then Abraham came back out of the deep sleep. He did not walk through the thing. So how then can the covenant be established? If it is between two parties, God and Abraham, and God has passed through the, the thing. If the covenant is between God and Abraham, God has passed through the animals. Abraham did not pass through because he was asleep. Are you following? That was a clear sign of something that God was trying to communicate. That covenant was not really, was not really speaking of just Abraham per se, just as the normal Abraham we know. But then God was speaking of something higher than that. It was even in that that God told Abraham to look into the stars if he could tell. And the Lord said, just as the stars are plenty in the sky and the, the dust at the seashore are also plenty, so the descendants of Abraham will be. Do you know that as you are here, just because Abraham believed God and it was counted as righteousness unto him, Abraham, he believed God. And God declared him to be righteous. You know that we also become righteous by believing in the Lord Jesus. So when we read the book of Romans chapter 3, Paul, from verse 10 downwards, Paul revealed to us a certain righteousness that only comes through faith. The first person that believed God was Abraham. And he was the first person to receive righteousness after having faith in God. So whenever we believe in Jesus and we have faith in God, we are actually walking on the same path of our father Abraham, which is a path of faith. That is why we totally, or let me say, we become seed of Abraham. We are seeds of Abraham because we have faith in Christ. Are you following? Now, don't forget to understand all these basic things in the Bible because if you don't get it, you find it very difficult to understand what the book of Revelation is talking about. Good. Now after that, God wanted to continue with that same covenant he had with Abraham so that it is just by faith he will reveal himself to his people. But then along the line, when his people were coming out of Egypt to the promised land, they couldn't have faith in God again. To, a, to an extent where they forgot about the works of God that he did by parting the Red Sea into two, you know, doing all those miracles because of their unbelief. 
they could not believe in God. And because they could not believe, the covenant that God had with Abraham could not continue because that covenant was strengthened by the faith that Abraham had in Christ, or in, let me say in God, by then. But then because the children of Israel failed to have faith in God, to a point where when they were, they were hungry, they said Moses brought them all the way from Egypt to let hunger kill them. They forgot that God parted the Red Sea for them to walk on level ground in the midst of the sea. They forgot all the doings of God. And to a certain point where they removed their earrings, their bracelets, their anklets, their necklaces, and they heated them, molded them into a calf. They said, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. What? When God heard that, he said, what? It pained God that the people could not follow faith. That was how come a different covenant altogether started. And that covenant was between God and Moses. God wanted the people to follow the faith of their forefather Abraham. So that just by believing in him, he will work great things for them. And make them a nation or a kingdom of priests. But then they failed. So a different covenant altogether called the Mosaic Covenant came. And that Mosaic Covenant, it was true that even though it was not the original covenant that God wanted to establish with the people, but then there was also some mystical dimensions of what God was trying to establish in it. It was through that that God told them to establish. God had to even take Moses into the realms of heaven to show him a pattern of a temple and then that temple was actually talking about the body of Christ. But then they didn't know because they were so focused on just the building of the temple and the things that were supposed to happen in the temple, they could not catch the spiritual revelation of everything. So they became carnal people following rituals every day. Not knowing that those rituals they were following were actually standing in for a dimension that God is trying to manifest and also fulfill. Are you following? Now along the line, after God established that covenant with Moses, along the line, certain people also came in and God established a covenant with specific people like David. Are you getting it? Now, the covenant that God made with Abraham was on the matter of faith. But the covenant that he made with David was on the matter of kingship. And the throne, the one who will rule and sit on the throne. And I told you, can you all hear me, please? Good. I told you that. God was trying to fulfill a greater plan but then the people did not know because they thought everything was about them but they didn't know that they were a revelation of a certain dimension of God so whilst the people were focused on just doing rituals every time they didn't know that God was fulfilling something higher God even gave them seven feasts and he did not tell them to call it the feast of Israel but he said call it the feast of their Lord now, the feast to the people 
was a festival, but to God it was a time. Are you following? To the people it was a festival, but to God it was a time. So the word feast actually in the Hebrew is the word moed, M-O-E-D, which means appointed time, appointed time. So God was trying to fulfill a certain time, but the people did not know. So all the seven feasts that the Israelites were experiencing, they were actually talking about the journey that the Lord Jesus, when he comes to the earth, he will follow. He was talking about his death, his resurrection, and everything, his ascension, and all those kind of things. But the people did not even know. They couldn't catch the revelation. Are you, are you following? So the first feast was the feast of the Passover, which speaks of the killings of the lamb and using the blood of the lamb to smear the doorpost of the people so that when the angel of death, death comes around and sees the blood, he will pass over. Now Paul told us that Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb. Can you all hear me please? Good. Are you getting it? So the people did not know that once they were killing the lamb, using the blood, and we, we caught this in church the other time, the resurrection Sunday, we caught this in church, that the Bible said that every family in, by then, when, once they were about to move from Egypt to the promised land, the word of the Lord said every family should get a lamb and kill the lamb and use the blood to smear their, their doorpost. Can you all hear me, please? But then this is how the word of the Lord said it. That you all, you're supposed to catch your lamb. Make sure that your lamb is among the first year of the lambs that you have. Also, make sure it is a male. And also make sure it does not have any blemish. And also take it on the 10th of the first month called Nisan. Keep it till the 14th. Then all of you bring your lambs and kill it in the evening. So all of you will bring your lambs, then you kill it. Now that statement does not really make sense in the English rendition. You should have said, bring your lambs and kill them. Is that not so? But he said, bring your lambs and kill it. Making it look like all the lambs are put together to become one lamb. And that one lamb is the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul said that Jesus is our Passover lamb. Are you getting it? Good. So the people did not know that once they were killing the lamb using the blood on their doorpost, they were speaking of something that many many years to come someone called jesus the messiah will come to the earth to establish and after they had killed the lamb the word of the lord said according to the instructions that they were supposed to eat the flesh of the lamb with bitter leaves now that actually speaks of what we call the holy communion 
where we partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. Are you following? It is all together in one as what we call the Passover. Now after that, the Bible said, after they've done that, they should now move. And when they get to the promised land, Now, the next feast was known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, that unleavened bread was actually speaking about the same body of Jesus Christ and the eating of the body, which also links to what we call um, the Holy Communion. Then the third feast is what we call the, the Feast of the First Fruits. The First Fruits. Now, this feast, God told the people of Israel that right now that they are about to move from Egypt to the Promised Land, when they get to the promised land and they apportion the lands unto each of the, um, of the tribes, when they get their land and they grow their crops, the first crops that will germinate, they should bring all of them to the storehouse of God. That is speaking of the feast of the first fruits. Because it is the first crops that came out of the earth. Are you getting it? Now we read from the book of John, I think chapter 12, even the verse 24. Now the word of the Lord Jesus said, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. He said, Truly I tell you, I tell all of you emphatically, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces a lot of grain. Now, he was speaking of he being buried. So Jesus was speaking about himself going to be buried as a seed that is about to be put under the ground. And he said, if the seed does not die, it will be one seed. But then, if it enters the ground and dies, it will germinate into many other seeds. Are you following so Jesus was the seed that was placed under the ground as a grain of wheat. But then when it was germinating, it came out with many grains. And those many grains are also known as the sons of God. So the word of the Lord said, Jesus, he was to bring many sons into glory. So the first grain that came out of the soil after it died was called the first of all the fruits. So the the feast of the first fruit speaks of the resurrection from the dead. So now you see the three feasts are the first, which is the feast of Passover, spoke of the death of Jesus Christ. The feast of unleavened bread spoke of partaking in the body and the blood of Jesus. The feast of first fruits is speaking of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Can't you see that all the feasts are speaking of a journey that a certain man called Jesus was going to fulfill? In fact, the Israelites did not even know that what they have been asked to do was just a certain shadow of something that is real to happen. Are you, are you following? Now, the fourth feast is what we call 
the feast, the Shavuot, the Shavuot, which normally we call Pentecost. Pentecost. Now, when Jesus resurrected from the dead and ascended, the next thing was that he brought forth the Holy Ghost. But then, in those times, there was nothing like the coming of the Holy Ghost because this thing happened many, many, many years later. So, in the times of Pentecost, what actually were they celebrating? Now, starting from the, the moment of the Passover, from the first fruit celebration, which speaks of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the people are going to count seven. They are going to count seven um, Sabbaths. Are you following? And we all knew that during that time, the Sabbath was on Saturday. Are you following? Good. The Sabbath was on Saturday during that period. So, right from the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, they were supposed to count seven Sabbaths. And those seven Sabbaths are known as the perfect Sabbaths of God. It is also known as the sabbatical cycle. Now, when you count seven Sabbaths, now we all know that Sabbath actually is speaking of the seventh day. Are you getting it? So seven, the seventh day is the first Sabbath. The fourteenth day is the second Sabbath gradually. So if you do seven times seven, what are you going to get? No, not seven plus seven, seven times seven. Because they're going to have good. They're going to have seven different Sabbaths. It's going to be 49. Good. Now, on the, the 50th day, which is going to be a Sunday, is called the Pentecost. Which is going to be the 50. So the word Pentecost means 50th. And 50th, actually, what it means is that the day after the seven perfect Sabbaths. Are you getting it? So the people did not really understand what was actually going on. But then there was a command that was given to them. So on the 50th day after the seven sabbatical cycles, the people will meet and celebrate the feast of Pentecost. So during that time in Jerusalem, when the Pentecost time came, that was the very day also that the Holy Ghost descended. So that they will now understand truly what Pentecost actually stands for. Are you, are you following? And according to many theologians, that was the period when the church was born. Because the Holy Ghost came upon the disciples and they were changed from disciples to apostles. And Peter preached the gospel with power. Many people got saved. That was when the church was born. That is where they got the church of Pentecost.
Are you following? So you see, all these things were there, and we all need to have understanding into these things before we think of going into the book of Revelation. Because if you don't understand what the whole Bible is talking about, you'll miss a lot of things. Because you read the Bible and Jesus said, I hold in my hands the key of David, and you'll get confused. What is key of David? Many people, the idealist people, will try to go outside the Bible to find what key of David is. But it's not possible. Because you have heard the name David. And definitely it means that there is a certain key that God gave to David. And you can only get it in the Bible. So you have to go and search the scriptures to know what the key of David stands for. But the futurist people will not think like that. They will create a different thing for the key of David, what it means. Are you getting it? So it looks like everything that Jesus was saying was actually something that was either things that has happened or things that were still happening around the time where John was catching the revelation. So Jesus will use Hebraisms even in the book of Revelation. Are you getting it? So you see, if we don't understand, that is why when we read the book of Revelation, John, the revelator, also saw four living creatures. These were the same beings that Ezekiel, the prophet, also saw in the book of Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 10. And according to Ezekiel, he called them the cherubim. But then, John was calling them the four living creatures. Are you, are you following? So now, if you read what John said, and you realize that he gave descriptions of certain beings that Ezekiel also saw, then you need to go and link these scriptures. You will also understand that Isaiah also saw some of these creatures as well. So you see, there's a link between these scriptures. Then you now understand what is actually happening. You don't just go and take something from the external world and chip it into the Bible. You make a dead mistake. And that is what many people are doing. Whenever there is earthquake somewhere, they will say, we said it. We said it. The Bible says when the end is about to come, there will be earthquakes. Nations will rise against nations. Then they will go and bring the matters of Russia and Ukraine. So somebody will ask, man of God, but is it not part of the end times? Do you know what end times actually is? <laughs> when we say end time, what do you understand by the word end time? Let me give you what should let you know that the end has come. Can I tell you? Good. In the book of Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, 
It is not the distraction of things that tells you that we are in the, the end has come. No. There's a, that's why we need to understand what we call end times. They are timings. If you don't get them, you will miss a lot of things. Are you following? The book of Matthew chapter 24. Verse 14. Listen to what the Bible said. The Bible said, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and the end. And then shall the end come. Then shall the end come. So what actually is a sign that the end has come? is when the gospel is preached in all the world to all nations. It is not when nations are rising against nations. Because Jesus even said, when you see all these things, nations rising against nations and all these things happening, it is not that the end has come. No. What it means, look at what he said. In the book of Matthew 24, Verse 5 and 6. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Did you hear that? He said, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. That means that the rumors of wars and all those things cry is not the end. <laughs> are you listening to me? Those things must happen. In fact, the, the issue is those things happened in, in the times of old. And I will tell you why they happened. Are you listening to me? Can I say something here? Let me open your eyes on, on something quickly before I move forward. Can you all hear me, please? Good. Listen. Whenever, see, all these things are known as timings. Don't forget the timings of God. I want to give you a certain scripture that will give you an understanding of something that God is trying to do. In the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. Listen to that scripture carefully. I'm about to open something for you to understand. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. 
I read it from the King James Version. That is what King James said. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, this scripture is heavy. Are you listening to me? Because it is trying to bring a certain deep understanding. But then what you shouldn't forget is how the Bible made mention of this. He said, when the fullness of the time was come, what time? What time? The NIV says, but when the set time had fully come, that means that there was a time that was set. And this time that was set, God was waiting for the time to be full so that he would send his son. Are you listening to me? God had set an appointed time. Now, I told you that the word appointed time actually is the word moed, which means the feast. Let me help you. In the book of Exodus chapter 12, verse 14. Exodus chapter 12, verse 14. Okay, you let's read it from Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 2. Can you all hear me, please? Leviticus chapter 23, verse 2. Rachel said, Papa, please join the feast of the unleavened bread. Some churches do stay away from foods that contain it. They don't understand what the Bible is saying. You see, this is where the problem is. Oh, they don't know that Jesus' body is actually the unleavened bread. And we only partake. When it comes to that, we eat the, the Holy Communion to represent that. It does not mean don't eat any food that does not have yeast in them. The whole thing, the, the original fulfillment of that thing is Jesus. So what is our problem? This is the problem that we have with those who say that if you don't go to church on Saturday, you go to hell. Also for some, you gave a scripture in the book of Colossians. Where the Bible was talking about the fact that Jesus is actually the fulfillment of the Sabbath. He said, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Christ is the reality. Do you know that Jesus Christ, the word Sabbath means rest. And do you know that Jesus is the rest of God? When we say rest, let me go and pick it from um, the, the, the Ark of Noah. The Ark of Noah was a representative of the rest of God. Are, are you getting it? And many of you don't even know that when God made man, that was when he rested. 
knowing very well that man will continue with his mission. Jesus is a representation of the rest of God. It, what it simply means is that when you believe in Jesus, you are at rest from all the toils of this world. You have come into the rest of God. Simple. It's as simple as that. So anybody that tells you because you are not going to church on Saturday, you are lost. In fact, my own accountant told me that same thing. My own accountant. I will never forget. My own accountant because I'm a SDA church member. And you see, that is why I tell you that the church that you fellowship with can form your doctrinal blocks. You need to be very careful and understand what the Bible is actually saying from the perspective of Jesus Christ. Let us stop these whole long things. Now listen to this carefully. The Bible said in the book of Leviticus chapter 23, verse 2, when we read from verse 1, the Bible said, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feasts of the Lord. The word feast there is the word moed. Moed, which means the appointed time. So God actually set a time period. But then, in that time period, he set a certain appointed time. In that period. Now, this appointed time that God set for the Israelites, he was trying to let them experience what we call the feasts of the Lord. And I told you that the feast of the Lord is speaking of the whole death, resurrection, um, ascension, the giving of the Holy Ghost, the whole journey, the whole redemptive and justification work of the Lord Jesus on earth. That is what the seven feasts of the Lord represented. He spoke of the life of Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me? So the life of Jesus. So Jesus was supposed to appear in a certain appointed time. And this is what the word of the Lord is telling us in Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. That when the appointed time came, God sent forth his son, made of, the, of a woman, made under the law. Why the law? The law is actually speaking of the covenant that is between God and Moses, which is known as the Mosaic Covenant. Jesus was born under the law to redeem them that were under the law. So he came to redeem the people from the law. Why? Because he had come to fulfill the law. Are you following? He didn't come to throw away the law. He came to fulfill it. Because the law was like, let me say, a prophecy that I'm telling you, you are going to get $2 million tomorrow. I call it down. Now, when tomorrow comes and you receive $2 million, it means the prophecy has been fulfilled. Are you following? It is like a puzzle. That is maybe a puzzle that is like a a beach with some trees there. But then they have removed all the things and they've scattered them. So you are not trying to fix them to get that perfect picture of the beach with the coconut trees and all those things. Now, the scattered one is the law. But if you are, there is already a picture there. 
if you're able to fix everything to get the original perfect picture, what it means is that the law has been fulfilled. Are you, I don't know if you're getting the point. The people of old could not fix the thing to get the perfect picture. So they were struggling with the puzzle. But then Jesus came to do everything. Because everything was actually about him. And when he came, he fulfilled the law and the prophets. Because what the prophets also said was concerning himself. Are you following? So we read the book of Luke chapter 24, verse 27. Luke chapter 24, verse 27. Jesus said, Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them all the passages of scripture about himself. And beginning at Moses, which speaks of the law, and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So Jesus was trying to say the whole law and all the prophets were speaking of things about him, Jesus, and he has come to fulfill it. So the fulfill, so Jesus was born, he came to the earth. To fulfill a major assignment, the first one was to fulfill the law, and the second one was to establish a new covenant. Are you following? If you don't understand the part of he fulfilling the law, problems will come. So during the time when Jesus was about to fulfill the law, what it meant was that the time of the law or the covenant mosaic covenant has been has come to an end so it was speaking of the end of a certain covenant and the beginning of another are you listening to me i want to help you with this because if you catch this revelation it will help you with your understanding of the scriptures. When God, when Adam was made and Eve, evil entered the world and all the people of this world became evil. So even in Genesis chapter 6, the Bible said, it grieved God that he made man on the earth because evil had entered the earth and man has been corrupted. Now, God wanted to change things. So he caused waters to wipe away the evil and the people that were in evil from the earth so that he can get a new realm. Are you getting it? So if I, when you look at the time of Noah, something actually happened. It looks like God in his wisdom gave birth to the earth again. And he started the whole race of human beings with eight people on a new earth. Is it not the same thing that is trying to happen at the end of this earth, that God is going to bring a new heaven and a new earth? Is it not the same thing? This time around, it is not only the earth that will be renewed, the heaven also. Oh my God. This is because 
there is going to be a reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that reign of the Lord Jesus Christ is not going to be only on the earth, but it is going to be in heaven and on earth. Jesus is going to reign in heaven and reign on the earth. So there must be a mingling of the heavens and the earth so that Jesus will rule in these two dimensions at the same time. The mingling of the heavens and the earth is what we call the new heaven and the new earth that God is yet to make. Now the first one, during the time of Noah, God did it with water. But this time around, God is going to do it with fire. Are you getting it? But then the beautiful aspect is that as God is doing it with fire, there are certain things that will be bent with the fire. Certain things will be refined with the fire. What are the things that will be bent? The things that do not have the kingdom of God. But the things that are on the kingdom, because the only thing that will remain, the word of the Lord said the time is coming, when God will shake the heavens and the, and the earth. So in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Oh my goodness. Kabada Hatias. The book of Hebrews chapter 12. Are you, are you, are you all with me? chapter 12 verse 25 and 26 listen to what the bible said and even verse 27 too the bible said seek see that ye refuse not him that speaketh for if they escape not who refused him that spoke on earth much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven verse 26 whose voice then shook the earth so you see jesus spoke through a man by name Noah and Noah spoke his voice shook the earth but still people did not follow him they did not believe but then the Bible said whose voice then shook the earth but now he has promised saying yet once more I will shake I shake not only the earth so you see this time around God is not going to shake only the earth just as Noah's time it was only the earth that was, you know, that got shaken by the hand of God through the waters. But this time around, also, God is going to shake the heaven also. That should tell you that there is going to be a change of the heaven and the earth. Verse 27 says, And this word, yet once more, signifies the removing of those things that are shaking, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Said This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Now the next verse makes it so beautiful. He said, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Are you getting the scripture now? Got it, got it. This Bible never they say. (laughs) 
said so in the times of old oh my goodness <laughs> it was only the earth that was shaking with the voice of one man and things that were not connected to God were removed so only Noah and his people remained but this time around God is not going to use water again he's going to shake not only the earth also the heaven and the earth and things that are moved will be moved what are the things that are moved things that are not connected to the kingdom of God because the only thing that cannot be moved is God's kingdom which was established by the Lord Jesus and if you are a Christian you are connected to God's kingdom you shall remain and how is God going to shake the heavens and the earth he will do that with his consuming fire and the fire will, be, will, will consume those that are movable. He said, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshipping him with the holy fear and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. So this is simple. Don't be afraid. In the times of old, Water came to wash the earth and purify the earth. It took away evil people from the earth. But this time around, during the time of Jesus and his coming, fire will take away the ungodly things and the godly ones will remain. Meanwhile, they told you that something called rapture is coming, where God will take away those who are Christians from the earth. And the other people will remain. No matter little massage pills say, send you no one nanny you my And we all know during the time of Noah what happened. It was the evil ones that were taken away, and the godly ones remained. Why are they telling you that this time around you will go and the evil ones will remain? Which Bible cry are we reading? Who deceived us like that? That's why I've been telling you that this thing called we shall be caught up together with him. Where God is not taking us away to heaven. And no, 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 that's not that's not scripture. That is not the idea of God. What happened in the time of Noah? Huh? Some evangelists have killed people, though, and they are doing that because they are futurists. And they have different mentality. You see, we need to we need to really sit down for the for the for scripture to interpret scripture. Because what is wrong with you? The Bible says no scripture is of any private interpretation. Are you getting it? Because there are many of you listening to me, the dogmas that have, that have been planted in you alone, eh? this, will, this will, it will even change the way you walk and the way you talk. When you see a lady who is into prostitution, anklet, the person has pierced the nose, pierced here, here and there, what comes to your mind at that very moment? What comes to your mind should let, you know, should let us know the kind of church you belong to and the kind of theology you carry? Certain people will go to the leader and say, oh, the Lord loves you. 
You are a beautiful soul. God has a glorious destiny for your life. Now, you see, the person will not judge her because of her dressing. Even though the dressing depicts that she might be a prostitute. But then there is a way to approach. Approach the person with Jesus. Are you listening to me? But then some evangelists are not like that. You come straight to you. Oh no. Oh no. You think you will say this to somebody and later win the person to church. It will never happen. It will never happen. Are you listening to me? You see, if we don't understand the scriptures, because anybody will just come out and say anything and you will believe. Are you following? Now we all understand things from certain spiritual perspectives that only few categories of people will put anklets around their ankle and still be fine. Only few people. So whenever you see an anklet around somebody's ankle, you have to decode whether the person is just a normal person. Because most of them are into other things. But then even if they are into other things, we don't judge them. How then are you going to win them for Christ? Exactly. You see, some of the things we keep hearing, anytime you hear another man of God saying something different, you say, hey, 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 hey. God help us and grant us grace. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You see, I wanted to go into um, the book of Revelation chapter 4, but then I had this impression on my heart to let you understand some few basic things because I see there are many new people here before we, we go into that. Are you following? Now, because of this, we are going to continue with the chapter 4 and 5 of the book of Revelation, God willing, tomorrow. Are you following? But then, I just wanted all of us to have this basic understanding. Because some of you, they, they told you that the white people brought Christianity to deceive Africans. <laughs> just when I sit down, I begin to hear some of these things. I don't get it. And you see, those people think that we who are Christians, we have been deceived by white people. To them, they have caught the revelation. <laughs> they have caught eternal revelation. That all Christians, oh, we already use Meanwhile, The white people that you think they brought Christianity. 
to deceive us. Some of them are also Christians. Are they also deceiving themselves? Because if Christianity is a deceptive religion in Africa, why are the white people who brought the Christianity, according to your own knowledge, why are many of them also Christians? Are they deceiving themselves? When, when were you born? When were you born? When Christianity entered Africa, there was nothing like Ghana. <laughs> there was nothing like Ghana. In fact, there was nothing like Gold Coast. Are you following? In fact, when you go into the history of Christianity, you realize that some of the early people that brought Christianity to Africa, one of them was the Ethiopian eunuch who was traveling all the way from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to go and worship and met Philip. Philip preached the gospel to him and baptized him in a river. And after that, Philip disappeared. And the guy took the gospel that Philip preached to him from the book of Isaiah concerning the, the birth of Jesus Christ and how everything was going. The guy took it straight to Ethiopia. So in fact, if you go to Ethiopia, they carry one of the ancient historical understanding of Christianity. And the Bible that they have is even different from the ones we have. They have about 82 books in their Bible, the Ethiopic Bible. Now, according to Christian history, Thomas, the guy who doubted Jesus Christ, he went to India to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ over there. And he was the only apostle that took Christianity to India, Thomas. In fact, all the people who wrote the books of the Bible, none of them is an European. None of them. These were all people in the Middle East. Are you following? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. So they came, they took your gold and they gave you Bible. And they said... As I say, so yet it's praying for heaven. Then they took as I said, took your gold, and they are using the gold to establish new things in their country. When the catch us as I say, all we know is that the world has been subject to futility, and that Jesus will come, and it is coming, he's going to change the world. The earth will be changed, a new heaven and a new earth will come. And we will dwell therein. We are not struggling to go to heaven and leave the earth. That is not the gospel. It is only a certain dimension of Christianity who believes that. But then that is what, that's not what the Bible even teaches. 
<laughs> you see, people have been deceived that they think they know the truth. It's very funny. When the, the deceived thinks he's the one who knows the truth, and you, the one who knows the truth, to them, you are, you are deceived. It's very funny. May the Lord help us. Don't listen to these people. Uh, they will throw dust on your eyes. This is the reason why at every point in time you need to understand what the Bible is saying. The basic things you need to know. Come to the podcast, download some of the um, messages and listen to them. It will gi- they will give you foundational doctrines that will help you understand what the whole Bible is trying to say. Don't be in a hurry. Don't you are going to heaven. We are, there is heaven. There is. There is heaven. Are you listening to me? But that is not the end of our journey. Heaven is not the ultimate goal. In fact, our end is not just a place. It is a person. It is God. The time will come. We are going to be exactly as God should have been in his revelation in us. So we are going to go. That's why Jesus said, no one goes to the Father except by me. He didn't say no one goes to heaven. Some of the evangelists will say, believe in Jesus so that you, when you die, you will go to heaven. What kind of thing? That is not the gospel. That is not the gospel. So they make heaven look like it is only when you die that you can go. Who told you? Do you know the number of people who have gone to heaven, written books about heaven, and they are still alive? That one alone is a distraction to your theology. Don't believe that. It's a lie. It's a lie. The devil is trying to use that as a means to, you know, um, deprive you of the heavenly verities that you are supposed to receive whilst you are on earth. Even me, by the special grace of God, God has given me the opportunity to travel to the, some of the realms of heaven four times. Four times. And I have a book that is in my belly that I will write very soon about the matters of heaven and what God showed me. Am I dead? Am I dead? A realm where God will take people to to show them the mysteries and what he's trying to achieve. You you want to die before you go. Meanwhile, when car is coming to hit you, you say, Jesus, Jesus. Ah, die and go to heaven. eh?" He said heaven is the best place. Die and go. Now, I'm not, I'm not criticizing anybody, but then there is a song that says, Yes, yes, it's not real. Soon, your money and coin be a betting intimate chain, crobia, the teacher falling and then your mere hold you soon. You're a woman or heaven, bear do. Mary Piriaco, heaven, Mary Piriaco, heaven. See, you drew heaven. I am money, who knew you not to be trapping, pin. Now, Jesus will be coming on this earth and he will change the elements, the atoms of this earth and heaven and it will fuse to be one. Whilst he is even coming, do you know that the people who are... <coughs> someone said the pim pim, eh, mami, say me bobit. You didn't tell me no wrong, I brought me bobit. 
Are you following? Now you see. Now this song will make him look like as I say so So try and go to heaven. And that is why when people hey, do you know that if you go into history, what evangelicals have done to people. He even told them that rapture is coming. God is about to take people to heaven. This rapture thing, nye 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 bao, nye nye. Huh? The rapture is coming. And a certain man of God by name John Hagee, you can go and search, he gave a date. For rapture, that the Lord said rapture will happen in May 26, many many years ago. So that his church members started giving their houses to people. So all the homeless people in US they got fresh homes. <laughs> if you know that such great that testimony is uh, in US, you were homeless and you now have a whole house. You didn't pay a dime. I mean, I will go to that same man of God's church and testify. People gave their, some, some people went to withdraw all their monies and gave them to homeless people. So that one thing, we be down on money, I brought $100,000 in cash. Take. Yes, such a great testimony. Because to them, rapture is coming. So go and give. <laughs> Someone said, I slept at church in the year 2000 waiting for God on that 31st night. Look at that. When the Bible says that, do you actually understand what the Bible means? Because the, the evangelist preaching to you can say that, even right now as I'm talking to you, Jesus can come. Jesus can descend at any time, even as I'm talking to you right now. When you are the four, when you are the four, even when Je- as I'm talking to you, Jesus can even descend now. And when He descends, where will you be? When you are the four, so when you are there listening to the man of God, you'll be like, "Who's a who? so?" Everything looks nonsense before you. But then after preaching, you see, maybe they are top speakers. Next two years, in the next five years, you see, see a sorry dino. You are saying Jesus is coming, and he can even come at that very time you are talking. Now you want to go and build a church in the next five years to come. Look, what are you telling us? Meanwhile, God has spoken to a prophet to tell a young lady that she's going to become great in the next 17 years. And an evangelist also told the girl that used to be Tamabasisia. So the girl is confused. 
So the prophet that prophesied that in the next 70 years I will be great, and the evangelist that said Jesus can come today, which one Christ should I believe? Who is speaking the truth and who is lying? You see where the confusion is? Let me tell you, the Bible said, It is when the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is preached to the whole world and to all the nations of the world that the end will come. <laughs> you see, we have a long way to go. Maybe you are just there waiting that it won't be no Jesus will come, bam. You are waiting for Jesus to come anytime soon. I want to tell you with my understanding of scripture by God's grace, it will not happen anytime soon. Because the coming of Jesus is for a specific purpose and you need to understand that. When we read the book of Revelation and even the book of Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible told us that Jesus is coming for a church that is without spot and wrinkles. Yes, he's coming for his bridal. Jesus is coming for his bride. And the kind of bride he's coming for is the one that is without spot and wrinkles. Now, there is not even any unity among us. One man of God will speak against another man of God. Because one man of God said there is nothing like miracle money. Another one said there is miracle money. They, started, they will start throwing insults against themselves on social media. This one will say, I believe that this will happen. Some will say, no, you are lying. This a whole lot of issues going on in the body of Christ. This is not the kind of bride Jesus is looking for. So his spirit is still working. The Holy Ghost is still working to bring us to the place of unity. So when you read the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 11, that is what Paul is telling us. That that is the period where the Lord Jesus will descend and make all of us into a perfect man. He said, and he gave some apostles, from verse 11, Ephesians 4 verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the same for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, if this thing has not been achieved, forget about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. Some of you don't get it. That's what the Bible is saying. We are all coming to one point. And if that thing has not been achieved, Jesus is not... This one, when you say it, the evangelist will say you are a false prophet, you are a false teacher. What are you? Two foot two, you are many. And I'm going to the gravels, gravels, pan, I'm going to get to you, many. Gravels. If the truth I'm saying is the true, then the lies you have said, it's a crude oil, no shade, crude oil. Some said that the, their focus is not on the fact that Jesus is coming for the church with that. Exactly. I'm going to focus here. Hell. Meanwhile, that is the matter of the unbelievers. You are a believer. I didn't think I won't join an unbeliever. Your work to do for the unbelievers is to win them to Christ. That is your mission. 
you, you have not been assigned to go and tell them the condemnation that is coming upon them. That is not your work. Some of them even say it and they make it look like the believers are packed. You see? They make it look like the believers are part of those who go to hell. They will struggle. Abba! Abba! How are you reading your Bible? Now, this is a movement too. There's an evangelical movement that people used to preach like that. Now, as I'm talking to you right now, if an evangelist hears what I'm saying, we start advising all of you to leave the platform. When you're careful, and trim your phone, or Oh, merciful Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it's very painful, I'm telling you. Very, very painful. Right now, if you go and say there is no rapture, hey! They will insult you, say, ah, you are Satan's cousin. no rapture what are you talking about if you if you tell them okay let's sit down and go through the scriptures let's analyze the scriptures Asembeba. They, they don't want to sit down to go through the scriptures one by one but they, they, are, they are holding on to something they had because they know very well that if we enter into the scriptures and pick the verses one by one they know what they have believed is a lie, but they don't want to give it away. They know, they know very well that if you go into the Bible, they have believed a lie. No, it's not really the fact that there is no word like rapture in the Bible. That's not really the matter. But then the understanding they have about rapture. You see, like God will take the righteous people from the earth and it will be left with the unrighteous fools. God, Jesus will come and take us to heaven. Then after that, what will happen? Then Jesus will come again and judge. So how many comings of Jesus do we have left? Now, don't forget that according to the word of God, there is only one coming of the Lord Jesus that we're expecting. Are you, are you getting it? Now, the Bible did not really call it the second coming of Christ. That's not really the statement. It is called the appearing of the Lord the second time. So you see, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28, the Bible said, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him, look at that, unto them, those who are looking for Christ, he shall appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Did you hear that? 
Can you, hear, can you hear me, please? Listen to what the Bible said. He said, Even so, it is that Christ, having been offered to take upon himself and bear, I said, Look at what the mamin can't deal with. You read the previous verse and get, you see? Because when you read even so, that means that he's coming from a certain verse. Are you getting? He's trying to explain what the previous verse said. Even so does not start any sentence. We all know that in English. So let's go to the previous verse. He said, and just as each person is destined to die, even this one cry, and just as does not even start a sentence. Are you getting it? So you see, if you want to really understand this whole thing, you have to start from the scratch. But then let me give you a proper understanding of what this verse is trying to talk about. He said, and just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was, look at that, so also Christ was offered once. Now, what does it mean? Now, that death that the word of the Lord is talking about, that every man will die once, is not talking about just the physical death. Because Paul told us that he's showing us a mystery. Not all human beings will die. I hope you believe that. Good. So, if it is appointed that everybody will die, then what kind of death is that? He's talking about the death that we died in Adam. And the Bible said, it is the same way that Jesus also died once. For all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins. Now, take it. This is Bible, not me. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. We were dead. Jesus joined us in death. He came out of the dead. We came also out of the death, the dead. Now, when we came out of the dead with him, he had a glorious body and he seated at the right hand of the Father. But then he said he will come again. And because he said he will come again, we are waiting for his coming. But the Bible said, when he is coming again, we that we are waiting for him, he is not coming to deal with our sins because he has already dealt with that. I don't know if you are getting the picture. He has already dealt with our sins. That is why once you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, all your sins have been dealt with. But then he's coming to bring salvation to us. What kind of salvation is that? It is called the salvation of our bodies. And what is the salvation of our bodies? It is the changing of this physical corrupted body the glorious body and that is what people call rapture but it is not rapture 
In fact, Peter spoke about that. Are you following? I want to give you the scripture that the word of the Lord spoke about the salvation of our bodies. for Lord we give you praise good it is also called the redemption of our bodies Romans chapter 8 verse 23 Romans chapter 8 verse 23 the Bible said however not only the creation but we who have the first fruits of the spirit that means we who have already resurrected with Jesus, the first fruits of the Spirit, also grown inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. And not only they, and we believers also grown, even though we have we have the Holy Spirit within us. Now you see, you having the Holy Ghost within you means you have first you have received the first resurrection. Or let me say, the first fruits of the Spirit. Means when Jesus resurrected from the dead, you also, you came out of the dead. You coming out of the dead means that you have been saved. Are you listening to me? But the Bible said, we, even though we have been saved, we are still groaning as believers. He said, and we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. So today you see the prophetic, you see the manifestation of the power of God, you see the raising of the dead and all. These are just a foretaste of the glory that is to come. And what glory is that? The, the, the glorious body. Mm. When you hear this, when you hear of the coming of the Lord Jesus, it was when that is what the people of old were looking for. They wanted Jesus to come quick because they knew that there was something beautiful they were going to receive. That's why they started shouting, Maranatha, Eradibra, Eradibra. I'm telling you, in fact, those that are already in heaven, they have not yet received their glorious bodies. They are still waiting for us. They want Jesus to descend to the earth with them so that we all will receive our glorious bodies. But then Jesus is also waiting for us. So we that are on earth as the church of God, we have a great influence in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And do you know that when we even speak of the church, the church, the church is not only the body of Christ on earth. Even those who are dead and gone and are in heaven, they are still part of the church. They are known as the cloud of witnesses. That is why it is possible for me to talk to Catherine Coleman, who is even dead and is in heaven. And I can learn many secrets about healing. When I come to the earth, I will manifest healing like never before. I can meet 
Bob Jones, who was a great prophet. He would teach me mystical secrets about the prophetic. I will come to the earth again and my prophetic will change. I will meet Elijah. He will tell me mysteries. You see? If talking to saints who are already in heaven is evil, then Jesus did an evil thing because Moses and Elijah appeared to him. And the three of them discussed about the death of Jesus. <laughs> if I remember one time, I shared one man of God's post where he said he was having an encounter with Enoch. And I shared it on um, one of my stereos. Somebody texted me and said, man of God, man of God, the only thing we have is Jesus. We should just obey Jesus. What, what, what is it that we are talking about all these people? In, what? So what link do we have with the dead? Say, hey, do you know dead? Don't say somebody is dead. Do you understand? We still talk about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And God said he's the God of the living and not of the dead. That means Abraham is not dead. Isaac is not dead. Who told you that those who have put down their physical bodies are dead? The Bible says they are asleep in Jesus. <laughs> they are not dead. They are just asleep in Jesus, waiting for the redemption of their bodies. A time will come this our physical bodies will change. It will become like the glorious body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said that's why we groan. That's why when the Holy Ghost is in you, you groan. So this prophetic gift you see is a foretaste. It's a foretaste. Look at what the testimony somebody shared this afternoon. How I prophesied about the beginning of some his wife's conception to how the child will be born and the weather condition that will appear everything exactly as was declared this is just a foretaste of the glory that is yet to come which what do you want what do you want huh That is why any man of God that will tell you that Jesus is coming should put fear. You see, what is of you now? Tis or cast Yes, now we It means you have believed a wrong theology. Your eschatological exegesis is wrong. <laughs> we need to help you. Are you following? When you hear of the coming of the Lord Jesus, you should be happy. In fact, you are not the one crowd that will just hear it somewhere. You, when you grow, you will be the one who will call the Lord to come. It is called Maranatha. When you grow. We should keep focusing on our growth and stop the nonsense we are doing. Not to go to heaven. Don't you know that what you are doing with the Holy Ghost in your body today, it is based on that that you receive your reward from the Lord Jesus. Even though our bodies are going to be changed, but then there will be graduations in our bodies. There will be different levels in our bodies. Somebody believed in Jesus today and the person died. Now, the glorious body that God will give to Paul and his reward will be very different from the one that will be given to this new person. Are you getting it? And this is what we call the judgment of the saints. 
So when the Bible says that the judgment will start in the church or in the house of God, do you know what it means? It means we will receive our reward. And later, the Lord Jesus will know what to do to the unbelievers. Because them, they have already been condemned. They know their end already. Are you following? People of God. Oh, there is a glorious day that is ahead. And if you love the coming of the Lord, you will groan. That's what the Bible said. But so we are groaning inwardly. Ah, awaiting for the redemption of our bodies. And the beautiful part of it is that it is not only we that we are going to be changed. The earth will also be changed. And not only the earth, the heavens also. And what will cause that change is fire. Are you getting it? So when you hear of the fire of God, it's not like we gave the tomb, now we now Jesus. No, Abba, you are a Christian for Christ's sake. Hallelujah. See, I know when an evangelist catches me today, but this is the truth of God's word. And I need to let you know so that you will be free. If you hear of the coming of the Lord and you are afraid, you are not free. There's a deception somewhere. Are you listening to me? There is a deception somewhere. Do you know that we don't engage in sin? Not because we, if we sin, we will not go to heaven. We don't engage in sin because of many reasons. Many reasons. Because if I stop engaging in sin, I will pass my blood to my child. And that child can be free from a lot of evil conditions. Because if your father was a womanizer, it is in his blood, he will transfer it to you. You too, you will become a womanizer. But if your father repents totally and gives birth to you, the womanizing thing will not be in your blood. It can come from the external sources. Are you getting it? But then the Bible said, what enters a man does not defile the man, but what comes out of him. So what is already in you that is manifesting out of you is what really defiles you and not the external forces. And when they are actually from the external sources, it is easy to handle. Because you can even change your, your, your mind and your mentality. And you can just repel all those external forces. But when the thing is inside your blood, you will struggle with it. So my lineage will be free from the torture of the enemy. That is the first thing. Second, so that I will receive a glorious crown in the time of my reward. Are you getting it? There are many reasons for which we do not sin. Many reasons. And what will allow a man to walk in purity without sinning is understanding. You think sinning is just a feeling you are going to get in your body. 
but then you might not know what you are doing to generations yet unborn and you also you might not know what you are doing to your reward during our time of judgment are you following whatever you are doing with your body right now we will look at that kind and give you the reward you deserve it is not about heaven and hell matter tunugu tunugu i think tunugu i'm not saying tunugu i said to enunugu it's not about heaven and hell matter it's about your reward your reward Are you following? And if this is very difficult for you to understand, take your time. Go to the podcast, download all the messages, and begin to study them one by one. God will give you proper understanding. Are you following? You know, when you hear the word, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, what comes to your mind? What comes to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling? What comes to your mind? Now, the question is, what salvation is the Bible talking about here? Because the Bible said we have what we call the salvation of our bodies or the redemption of our bodies. That means that the kind of glory you receive is based on what you do right now. It's based on the works that you do with the Holy Ghost within you. Are you getting it? So when we read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, when Paul was talking to us about our bodies, which speaks of the earthly house being changed, he also spoke to us about the judgment. And he said, Everybody is going to receive his reward according to the works that he did in his body. In this body. Are you following? I want to get that scripture for you. Then we close. Good. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Do you know that there are different kinds of judgments in the Bible? There are different kinds of judgment. There's what we call the great white throne judgment, and there's what we call the Bema seat judgment. The Bema seat judgment is what the believers are going to receive. It is the judgment of we receiving our rewards. And that is what the Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. The Bible said, For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he has done, whether it be good 
or bad. Now let's read from the New Living Translation. It says, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Now, when you begin to read from verse 1, you will understand what Paul was talking about. Now, Paul was saying that, for we know what we know that if our earthly house or earthly body of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So, as a child of God, as a believer, whatever you do with this your physical body, you will receive a reward for it. It is in this that Paul told his son Timothy that even in a great house, in a great house, there are many vessels. So we all will come, but then we that we are the all, we are not the same. Are you getting it? Because some are like gold, some are like silver, some are like wood. Based on what we did in our earthly bodies, into what you are doing right now as a Christian, even still with the Holy Ghost in you, will determine who you will become when you stand before Christ. And based on who you are, based on what you did in your body and what you will receive. You listen to me? It's a free necron. What do we need to do? Because and on the better the kind of reward you are going to receive from Christ. Some will not even receive anything because when you pass a wood through fire, it will be bent. But when you pass gold through fire, it will come out purified. That is why even when Jesus comes, we all will have our glorious bodies, but then we will still not be the same. Are you getting it? May the Lord help us and grant us divine grace. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you, people of God, and keep all of you strong. Um, God willing, right after here, I'm going to upload the message so you can go and download. Hallelujah. Oh, my dear sister Janice, 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 God bless you. I believe you are doing well. It's been a long time. Let's keep in touch, okay? God bless you, my sister. All right. So, people of God, the Lord bless you. Please make sure you keep soaking the message. Because if you don't keep soaking it, a certain evangelist somewhere will deceive you. Go to your pastor Go to your pastor and say, "Papa, please, I want us to, I want to understand some things so, about the coming of the Lord. How are things going to be?" And some of these men of God will say things based on the Bible schools they, they, you know, they went to. Because every Bible school has an eschatological um, view. Are you getting it? Yeah. And that's why when I was going through the Bible um, colleges, I didn't want anybody to influence me. I want the Holy Ghost. I wanted the Holy Ghost to do it. And in fact, he has done it and he's still doing it. But don't just say what people say. 
I want to understand. Are you getting the point here? So don't just be like somebody who, who just pick this from somewhere and start following it. No. Calm down. Understand the scripture bit by bit by bit by bit. And the Lord is going to be of help to you. The Lord bless you and keep all of you strong. Please don't forget that God willing this Saturday is mega one word from the Lord. God willing this Saturday is mega one word from the Lord at exactly 7 p.m. Holy Ghost time. The Lord is going to be a blessing to us. Also, don't forget that next week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, which is the 3rd, 4th, and 5th of May, we are going to have an experience of a prayer and fasting experience. And the theme is season of testimonies. So make sure you join us. Don't forget also that at exactly um, 12 a.m. GMT, we are going to meet for priesthood time to fire prayer. Make sure you join us. The Lord bless you and keep all of you strong please let's keep sending in our port points we are still lagging behind and we have just about four days for the month to end so keep sending in your port points the lord bless you and favor you all in the mighty name of the lord jesus right after here i'm going to upload the message you can go and download listen to it and share it to your friends the lord bless you and favor you which i meet in jesus precious mighty name shalom Bye bye. He is wonderful. He is wonderful. My Jesus is all.
King of kings, forever and ever. Lord of lords, forever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
The Lord bless you all and keep you strong. We shall meet God willing this night, exactly 12 a.m. GMT for priesthood time. We shall meet. God bless you. Shalom. Bye-bye.